Hello and welcome to the Football Outcast podcast. You're here with myself, Joe, and fellow Outcast Tom. How you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Good morning and good afternoon, evening, everyone. <laughs> Ticking all the boxes there, mate. That's got to be done. <laughs> right. Um, we've been away for a couple of weeks due to various things. Um, as always, we can't keep, keep to a schedule. Um, but I suppose first place to start for today's pod um, Champions League semi-finals, the last of which has just finished about an hour or so ago. Um, but maybe we'll start with Real Madrid Bayern, mate. Did you uh, did you see that? What did you make of that? It's quite funny because we've been talking um, about is Real Madrid, you know, this is the third final in a row for them. You know, they could theoretically, and they're well within the power of making three Champions Leagues in a row. But both you and I and others have questioned actually whether they're any good. <laughs> and I'm... <laughs> So I'm still not sure. I'm still not got this gut feel that they're like this amazing team that, um, you know, like they're, they're prone to mistakes. Their league form has shown they're not particularly, you know, on it for the league. But this, they just seem to do it in this competition. It's mad, isn't it? Mate, I, I mean, we've, we've discussed is the Champions League any good on previous pods, um, mainly for the reason that, you know, teams like Real Madrid, big teams, haven't really been performing. But... Um, yeah, them getting to the final, given some of their results to this point, is is baffling. Um, I, as I said to you the other day when we were chatting, not on a pod, I actually made the bold decision to sit through a replay of the first game um, in Munich, which is 90 minutes I'll never get back. Uh, and I did the same yesterday. I sat down and watched the uh, the full the full rerun of the uh, the game at the Bernabeu. Um, and yeah, I just the amount of chances Bayern had. Absolutely baffling um, how they've not managed to get to the final. It, it's just a bit crazy, and it's it's pretty amazing that it, you know fair play to the, to Real Madrid. Like, yeah, they got all the money in the world and all that sort of stuff, but you know to to make it through. And although I would say, and we have talked about this in the past on other pods and in articles, I would say that the Champions League is geared up quite nicely for the big clubs to progress to these sorts of things, and then it. You know, everything can happen in knockout, as we've seen. But yeah, it's it's three finals in a row. I'm still kind of undecided about whether I'll look back in ten years and go, "Oh yeah, that was actually a quality team to watch." They're they're up there with the the best of the you know the old time teams that deserve to be recognised. You know, that's that's the point, mate. That's my biggest beef with this because I and you know I'm not. We aren't the only ones that say this. There's much more learned journalists than ourselves that don't necessarily think they are one of the great sides. So I will be disappointed if they manage to make it three in a row because, you know, the stats, the history books will obviously have them in as three in a row, but it obviously won't tell the full story. But but yeah, there you go. Ronaldo was pretty much, uh, you know, the big big name star was pretty much anonymous for the whole game. Um, I think he had something like 30-odd touches the whole match. Um, So... Obviously not not a good not a good game for him, um, but yeah, the amount of chances by missed absolutely bonkers, and the goalkeeping error. I feel so sorry for yeah. is it Ulreich Ul- in goal? Um, just yeah, I mean, I <laughs> just put your foot through it. You know, you don't even need to. You shouldn't even be thinking. Can I pick this up or not? Just get rid. Put it in row Z. I mean, I, that's. Yeah, you don't want to be too harsh on the guy because he's obviously devastated after the game. But crikey, what a what a kind of moment for the game to kind of hinge on. Yeah, a bit crazy. But I'm going to go back to your point there about Ronaldo. Mind he does go anonymous for long stretches of a game, but then somehow just turns up with 
the key the key goal the key strike and he's the main man again you just go is that because he's so damn good he doesn't you know he doesn't need it or is it is is his age showing slowly that he you know and all that sort of stuff and you just wonder like is it is he rubbish 90 percent of the time and just turns it on <laughs> or, or is he just this awesome player that doesn't need to do it and he knows he's going to get that one chance and then that's it yeah yeah i think um Oh, to be fair, I mean, as a Liverpool fan after this morning's game, I'd, I'd be quite happy for him to show up in the Ukraine in a couple of weeks' time and perform exactly like he did yesterday. I'd be more than happy with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's a little segue into this morning's game. Um, so obviously Liverpool went in for, with a 5-2 lead uh, and it ended 7-6 on aggregate. Um, hashtag bonkers, I think is the... <laughs> So you obviously got up and watched the game. Um, yeah, I've only I've only yep. seen the highlights of the game, and I've seen the scoreline, and I went, "Wow, that is pretty mad!" And they looked like they made hard work of it. What was your take on it? <laughs> um, interesting tactic for the first kind of nine minutes. Basically, Liverpool didn't touch the ball, and then the first attacked. The three of them, the front of the three, just sauntered forward and slotted it in nicely from Mane, um, and then they looked fairly comfortable, to be honest. Um, Roma's first goal was a bit unfortunate. Amazing Falcon off uh, Milner's head going into the back of the net from uh, a clearance. Um, not, you know, you can't really legislate for that. That's just un- unfortunate. Um, but yeah, uh, enjoyable game all, all up. I mean, I think, yeah, Liverpool, they sh- I mean, they sh- you could look at it and say it's worrying they let in all these goals, but there was a certain air about Liverpool that they kind of the job had been done in the first leg and especially towards the end, you know, they kept taking taking players off, you know, to try and obviously firm up and <laughs> keep the lead, which obviously worked remarkably well because they let in two goals after they made those changes. But um, yeah, I mean, it was for me, it was never a penalty for um, the uh, Nangalan slotted in. Um, that was definitely ball to hand rather than hand to ball. Very similar to the Milner one in the first leg, which I didn't think was a penalty. Um, mm. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold there was a good shout earlier on in the game where he slid in to block the ball uh, hands were up high ball hit his hands nobody in the stadium even claimed that one uh, so that was unusual but um, yeah end of the day just job was done first leg and it was just a case of Liverpool scoring and once Liverpool scored I don't really think you know they did Roma did remarkably well to get the four goals but I don't think once Liverpool had those two goals early doors that Know, the game was really in any danger, to be honest. But. Do you think Real Madrid, uh, uh, that Liverpool are channeling their inner Real Madrid from a few years ago, where if we score five and you score four, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, we win anyway? Yeah, it's um, yeah, they've very much been like that this this, <laughs> this season. Um, in all competitions, to be honest, it's yeah, the, the Real Madrid of the late nineties, early two thousands, like you say, was like that. We don't care. We're crap at the back. We're crap in goal, but we'll just score more goals than you. So it's not a problem. Um, I think it'll be a very different performance in the final. I mean, you know, you're able to kind of play like this over two legs because you know that you, you know, score five at home and you get a couple away, then you're in a good position. That's you know, that's just kind of game management, I suppose. But yeah, I wouldn't uh, hold too much fear over Real Madrid in the final, to be honest. And that's not just because I'm a Liverpool fan. I just think the way both teams are playing at the moment, I think Liverpool's attack going forward is frightening. Um, and Real Madrid is Carvajal's out at the moment for them at the back, which is obviously a blow. I don't know how long he's out for, but um, yeah, you'd fancy Liverpool to score for sure. Agreed. I'll put, to be honest, mate, it's probably going to be a 7-6 final. Um, <laughs> both those teams. <laughs> so, roll on. I'd be fine with that. 
<laughs> as a neutral, I'd be like, yeah, bring it on. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely bonkers. But um, no, amazing, amazing effort considering Liverpool started, you know, in the qualifying round back in whenever it was, August against Hoffenheim. You know, it's a long old road to get to this point. So, um, you know, you're not going to band, band around words like destiny and all that kind of guff. But uh, yeah. I do wonder though, if that, um, it, will it be the first time that anyone has gone through the qualifying and won it if they do win it? Um, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. You've hit me. You've I wonder. If, side of me, yeah, right, you have to look that up. Bit kind of uh, trying to work that out. Yeah, no, I'm, no. I'm just wondering off the top of my head. It's just something I just suddenly thought of, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Has anyone actually gone through qualifying and ever won it before? And I'm not really sure. I don't think anyone ever has. So, off the top of my head, anyway. That's one for Twitter, mate. I think. But mm. um, the one thing that's, um, I suppose, one thing niggling me as a Liverpool fan, you know, Klopp seems to do all right at getting to the finals, but um, is his record in in these big European games that great? He's obviously lost to Dortmund and uh, lost a few years ago. With uh, with Liverpool in the in the Europa League, so um, yeah, interesting to see see how the final goes. But very much excited for it to be honest, mate. I'm back in the UK um, in a couple of weeks' time, so I'll be able to watch the final at a reasonable hour um, with a beer and uh, be able to gauge the mood of the nation while I'm back. So we'll obviously have to try and uh, get a pod in while, while we're back <laughs> to uh, cover that, mate. So um, exciting times ahead. Yeah, you'll definitely have to do a um, up to date. By minute by minute play on Twitter for us. That's what we have to do. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that might work if we're, if we're losing, mate. I might be struggling to keep a, a grip of that phone, to be honest, but there you go. Yeah, good point, <laughs> good point. Yeah, good point. Going from um, superb football um, played by Real Madrid and uh, Liverpool to get to the Champions League final, let's talk about some dross now. Um, Sunderland. Yes, so this is obviously... Uh, we'll, we'll just try and wrap up a few things that have happened this last week or so since the last pod. Um, Sunderland... Have obviously gone down again, uh, two relegations in a row. Um, not looking good for them in terms of that aspect, but um, quite a dramatic day. Good news for them in, in another way. Uh, the club's club's been sold, um, and they are now debt free as part of the deal that was that was struck. So, um, what do you make? What do you make of that, mate? Quite an eventful day is with Coleman going as well. Yeah, a little bit crazy. It's kind of weird what Coleman's going to get up to now because it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. But, well, the, the debts have been repaid, but the, I think, crucially, yeah, he sold the club, but it hasn't been ratified yet because he still owns Eastley. That's right, yeah. The, the, the guy who's put up... So the guy who's been put up as ch- the, the future chairman of Sunderland as part of this consortium, um, he already owns a football club. As the rules, you can't own... You know, stakes in other clubs, and because it's the yep. integrity of the game and all that sort of stuff. So he's put up Eastley for sale, and he's looking for X amount for it. So, um, however, it, based on sort of look, look, reading what's happened, to, what he's done at Eastley, he's done a pretty good job there by the looks of things. He's improved their financial situation and improved their league um, league standing and things like that. So, you know, it's a clean state. Those debt, those debts being wiped. Uh, a massive for Sunderland because it was something in the region of like a yeah. million. So yeah, easily uh, their conference, their conference side based in, in the south of England. So um, oh, south is it? Yeah, yeah, just outside of uh, Portsmouth, I believe, easily. So um, yeah, I just think it's good news for for Sunderland. To be honest, um, they've had a, a torrid time this well number of years. The managerial merry go round there. They've you know because they've been a struggling side, they've had to pay big money to get. You know, questionable quality players in. Um, 
So, I mean, they did say relegation to the championship was going to do do them good. Um, it's done them no good because they've just dropped like a stone. So, um, they're going to have to have a, a mass clear out and get rid of a lot of players. Like I'm, we, we were talking the other day, you know, they got Jack Rodwell on their books still. Um, and I think he's on something daft. I, I might be wrong. I thought it was 70k he was on. Maybe that's, you know, as basic with bonuses. But, I mean, you pointed out the other day that the average wage down in the in League One, something like two K, isn't it? Something like that. And um, yeah, something like that. If he's if he's supposedly on that amount of money, I mean, not that yeah, they just got to get rid of the likes of him um, and start afresh. I think get get players in that want to play because uh, it's a massive club uh, that you know needs to a one one team town, aren't they, Sunderland? So they've got a lot of potential there. Um, Woods, well, it's big, big ground, big fan base. You know, there's there's. It's always the difficulty of trying to get players to go to the northeast, especially now that they're in League One. But you will have players who want to just go there for the, you know, to play for the. It will, they'll be the biggest club you would think in League One next year. There'll be a scalp to try and go for, so there'll be yep. plenty of people wanting to go to that get ground as well. But yeah, I like how you say they wanted they had to pay big money to get quality in. I think they paid good big money for the likes of Jack Rowell, who isn't quality. Nah, <laughs> but nah. um. There's a number of players there that went there that are mercenaries and or really not up to scratch and people knew that. And so the club, the club nosedived into a bit of a problem with all the, the changes of the management as well. Like signing up players for four to five year contracts when you're only giving the manager six months contracts is just ludicrous <laughs> in my eyes, but that is the way it is. Hopefully the new owners will put some more stability in a run things a little bit better than they have been in the past, say, decade. So, Agree, agree. Um, talking about big stadiums, mate, tenuous link here. Um, Wembley, big news. And it's been quite the talking point in Wembley, um, the Wembley potential sale. Uh, the talk of Twitter and a lot of other podcasts I've been listening to, um, like the likes of the BBC, etc., and The Guardian. Uh Fulham's owner, Khan, the American billionaire, wants to come in and, and buy Wembley off, uh, is it the FA? Off the FA? I, I, I'm still it would be the follow, FA, yeah. Yeah, trying to follow the ownership model here. But um, yeah, so he's he's tabled, is it 900 million or close to a billion, I think, with rights and this, that and the other, but definitely 600 mil up front, which, you know, I'm, I'm an Englishman, you're Welsh, I'm English, I've got no real attachment to Wembley to be honest I know we obviously won the World Cup there blah 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 because you know England fans don't stop banging on about that but um, since it since it's been turned into the new Wembley it's you know I don't know it's not had that same kind of appeal to me um, but just straight off the bat the cost that he's you know the price he's offered seems amazingly cheap considering it cost just shy of 800 million to build it and that was like 12 years ago <laughs> Yeah, it does seem pretty crazy. And you're right, I don't have an affinity to Wembley. I, I had like the ground that, you know, was there and you won the World Cup and no longer realistically is there. You know, the two towers that was there, no, not really anymore, you know, that sort of thing. But it is a magical ground. Like I've, I've been there a couple of times um, to watch football. I know famously Cardiff in 2008 with the FA Cup final. It is a great ground. Um, but you're right, like 900 million for a ground that cost 800 million to build um there so the Saeed Khan is looking he's a Jacksonville Jaguars owner the NR 
NFL, sorry. Um, and the, the concern is, is that they're going to move to London. That's what their fans are concerned about. And we spoke briefly um, during the week. And I was, so my concern with the sale is not really the heritage side of things. It's more about, well, a separate owner can now dictate what is done with that ground. And will that mean higher prices for fans for the FA Cup and potential League Cup? Or will that affect England games? Because... You point out, Joe, that the NFL season runs from, what, September to February? Is that right? Yeah, so it's one of the shortest seasons in world sport. Yeah. It starts kind of September and Super Bowl's done by kind of the first week of February. So, I mean, it shouldn't really impact too much, um, given that I think they only play something like 16 regular season games. And obviously, half of those will be in America. So, yeah, you'd, you'd think there would be too too much of a problem given international windows are kind of... That's where I was going. Few and far between, so... I'm, I'm just wondering, would it affect any qualify, England qualifying games for, for, you know, any of the major tournaments? You know, if will there be a potential clash and, and who would win there? Because if you're the owner of the place and you own the club that makes you money and you own the stadium, why would you go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Move, I'll move my fixtures to accommodate England? I don't know. It's not sure. I think he's. I think there is. Um, I think part of the deal, though, is that he said that there would be no disruption to England, and they would all obviously have first refusal on, you know, on the use this, that, and the other. But I mean, to be honest, mate. I mean, when Wembley was being built, I mean, England went on the road for their qualifying campaigns. It was bloody brilliant, you know, seeing England roll around the country, playing at St James's Park, Anfield, Villa Park, um, you know, St Mary's. It was it was great, and you know, I don't necessarily think that all games should all England games should be played on the road, but, you know, for friendlies and certain, you know, smaller international matches, I mean, why, why don't they take England to the people? You know, take them round the country, let them, let them play where people can see them. Because, yeah, Wembley's the spiritual home of football and all that, but, I mean, even for London standards, it's, you know, north, it's in a part of North London, which is an absolute bugger to get to. So <laughs> it's not exactly an easy spot for, for locals to kind of, to get to for games, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not losing. I'm not losing sleep over the sale aspect. I'm more concerned that the FA aren't getting a good deal because the whole talk of this is that you know 600 million is going to be pumped into grassroots football and blah blah blah. You know that's all good, but I just think the price is cheap. They should be getting way more for that prime piece of London real estate and you know all the history that comes with it. And secondly, I've just got concerns that is the money going to end up in the right right places from the sale? So. Agreed. Yeah. Supposed to go back okay. to grassroots. That was quite serious. Quite serious chat. So, so why don't you uh, why don't you move us on to the next thing, mate? Um, the Las Vegas Lights. Oh, my new favourite team, mate. Amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, love them. Um, so I I noticed this this popped up um, on our Google um, Plus feeds um, because it's it, you know it's very American Google Plus, um, and then amazingly then popped up um, on BBC randomly um, around the same time. And um, so Las Vegas Lights play in the league below the MLS in the US. Um, and Nazzle. They're in Nazzle. It's, it's called Nazzle, North American Soccer League. 100%. It? Yeah. And um, so the, they've got a 10,000-seat stadium there and they get regular crowds of 8,000, which, you know, given it's Las Vegas and all the things you get to do there, it's pretty good that the people <laughs> turning up. Yeah. Um, and um, it's just crazy. So if you have a look at um, our, our Twitter feed or, or Facebook, we put up a picture. Their, their kit 
is one of my favorite kits of all time. I know you hate it, Joe, but it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much too much neon going on, mate, for my liking. It's very I'm 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 a, I'm a bit of an old git when it comes to football kits. I like simple stuff. There's it's the word is busy. <laughs> it is. I, I especially like when um, the the shirt gets pulled over someone's head when they score a goal. There's actually a little smiley emoji face underneath. Yeah, I've, and that's the second thing I've got a problem with emojis on football kits. All right, so this is I'm pro- properly in old school territory here, mate. Get with the times, man. That's what I'm saying. Just get with the times. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, they're proper batshit mental because they have like Elvis impersonators along the pitch. They have two pet llamas that they have on the on the side of the field. It's amazing. It is amazing. So, yeah. And so if you're in Las Vegas on a Saturday night, go to one of their games because it looks proper mental. And they have um, quite, if you're a football manager fan, the computer game, they have a very famous uh, wonder kid now playing for them who is called Freddie Adu. And I'm sure many football manager fans. Ah, just as, um, just as, I think I was reading about this the other day, mate, when we were talking about this and, you know, amazing to see Freddie Adu pop up. Because you know he, he tends to pop up every few years somewhere, but he's he's fourteen clubs in twelve seasons, I think. Oh, twelve or thirteen, I can't remember. One of the yeah. Yeah, or is it twelve in fourteen seasons? I'm not sure, but the list of clubs he's been to is incredible. He's played in Brazil, he's played in Croatia, he's played all over the place, Portugal. Um, yeah, the list of countries he's he's been to, and the amount of games he's played is just so few and far between as well, through injury and poor form. So. Yeah, amazing to see this team with the bonkers kit in one of the world's most bonkers cities um, suddenly have Freddie Adu pop up. It's pretty, pretty fairy tale stuff. Yeah, to be honest. awesome. I love it. The, the one key thing with it as well is that, that the fans can. So you're not allowed to bet on sport in the US, um, except in Las Vegas, and wow. they, so they get their, loads of their games get betted on and stuff. So it's like, oh my god, it's amazing. So yeah, new favorite team could be the. Um, as we were kind of saying the other day, it could be the go-to destination, mate, for a bit of a you know a sporting weekend. Because given that the Oakland Raiders are relocating there, um, imagine you know you could have a long weekend in Vegas. You could take in the lights on a Saturday night, you know, a bit of soccer, and then uh, get yourself an NFL Sunday in as well, watching the Raiders. So yeah, could be could be a future outcasts uh, overseas jaunt, mate. I reckon. I'm I'm all for that as long as our um, our respective wives allow us to. <laughs> Yeah, let's maybe sound that out early doors yeah, now so we can get 100%. saving for that. So. <laughs> All right, um, that probably wraps up uh, the, the the major talking points from the last couple of weeks for us. Um, do you want to lead us with a bold prediction for the weekend's fixtures, mate? Um, not too many weeks left of the domestic Premier League season, so uh, we've only got a couple couple of weeks to go. Um, so what's uh, what's going to be your bonkers prediction, mate, for, for this? Yeah, I do I do tend to go hard and or go home, don't I? Um, for those of you that um, obviously don't know, so Joe and I tried to record a pod earlier in the week and um, my bonkers, and unfortunately the audio wasn't quite right on it, so we decided to scrap it. But my bonkers prediction for that was that both Bayern and Roma would make the Champions League final. We all know now who that, how that went. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but I'm going to go hard again. So I've got two for you, right? Go. One's the long game and one's a short game. Okay. I'm going to say Arsenal are going to make the Europa League final. They're going oh, to, yeah, they're, Europa they're League. Playing, yep. They're playing tonight. Yep. 
So I'm going to say they are going to make it. They're going to make the final. And it's going to be fairy tale. Wenger is going to win the Europa League with his, his final game. And it'll be an Arsenal-Liverpool Super Cup final beginning of next season. Um, nice. And my long game prediction, which this I think is truly nuts, is West Brom are going to survive relegation from the Premier League. Right. Wow, you've 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 blindsided me there. There we there I was talking about weekend games, and you've gone you've gone completely off piece with these. Um, well, the point is, is that West Brom are going to win on the weekend. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, good, yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm with you on the Arsenal, mate. I I think I think they might surprise a few. To be honest, I think Arsenal might might make it to the final. Um, I'm just trying to find West Brom. Who they got on the weekend? So you, they're going to beat Tottenham. Yes. <laughs> Bold is the word, right? I like it. Let's 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 wait for that to roll in. I think the only people that would agree with me are hardened West Brom lunatics. <laughs> to be honest, mate, I the way they've been playing, I you know I've been secretly thinking to myself they they might actually do this. They might pull off the great escape, but I haven't. Oh, you're jumping on my bandwagon now. No, no, I was. I think we we. I did briefly touch on this in the week, but I mean, I've not crunched any numbers to work out who needs to win what and who needs to lose because I'm there thinking they might do it, but it might be if, you know, the teams above pick up such. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to go for Burnley to be Arsenal at the Emirates on Sunday. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. I think Arsenal are going to be shagged after um, their exploits tomorrow. And then, but Burnley to upset. Is that their last game at home, Arsenal as well? Is that Wenger's last home game? I think so, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Burnley to ruin the party, which will then bring them level on points with Arsenal. Ooh, I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've just got, I've got a feeling about that. So I'll be TAB if you're listening and you, you know, want to sponsor the Outcast. That's going to be my little flutter for the weekend. Put some uh, a few dollars on Burnley to be. Arsenal. To be fair, we know quite a number of Arsenal fans, and there are a few on our um, who like us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, they may not be happy with your bold prediction there. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm fairly comfortable. I'm, I'm comfortable with that, mate. So, and you know, I'm not. I'm go, going nowhere near Chelsea, Liverpool, because I just think Liverpool are going to be out on their out on their feet after uh, this morning's exploit. Mm. So, um, and you never bet on your own team, do you? No, so dangerous game. I'll be leaving that. But um, yeah, all right. Um, is that us done? Um, I think I'll just briefly touch on one thing, which is just the fantasy football league, because that's gone. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that. We thought it was done and dusted, right? I probably thought it was done and dusted halfway through the season and then definitely done and dusted three quarters of the way. Yep. Shows you know nothing about football, doesn't it? No, we've got an actual proper title challenge on the go. Brian Gleeson um, is still top, but he's only three now, three, three yep. points above um, Verma. Um, so with two games to go, three points in it. Anyone's anyone's title now is proper on. So, is- yeah. This is exciting. Um, it's, it's, is it the most exciting league in Europe, the Outcast fantasy football team? Well, I'd, I want to put it out there and say yes, obviously. <laughs> Get on that bandwagon. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Brian, but I'm going to have because you've won it once too many times already before. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with my fellow blogger um, Verma, who is um, also a football blogger. Um, so go check out his blog. But um, so hashtag come on Verna is uh, what I'm going to go with. Yep, like it. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board. Come on Verna, let's make this let's make this more exciting than the Premier League this season. Well, it already is, surely. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Cool. Um, okay, well, is that it? Have we covered everything? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with that. Okay, well let's um let's wrap this 
shower up and uh, see if we can get this actually out for once. So, um, yeah, it's goodbye from me and um, goodbye from you, Tom. Goodbye from me. Cool. Cheers, guys.